Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Neil Holing, joined by Lee Yi in the studio and a very special guest for a special topic. Let's welcome Georgia Massad. Hello, Georgia. Great to have you. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's great to have you here. So give us a little bit of introduction of yourself. Yes, of course. I am Georgia Mazet. I am both Italian and French. I am actually living in French and I am very passionate about Chinese culture, language and yeah, relations between China and other countries. Actually, 2024 marks the 60th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between China and France. And it is also the China-France Culture and Tourism Year. From fashion runways in Paris to the bustling movie theaters of Beijing, these two nations are continuously blending and redefining each other's cultural norms. So what are some of the achievements that stand out to you, Georgia? Well, to me, starting from 1964, I think it's what we're celebrating, so it should be very important. So the starting of the diplomatic relations uh, that started between the People's Republic of China and French, which was actually the first Western power and the biggest to actually recognize uh, China at the time, later than some others, but still it's a very important uh, pillar of China and France relations. And also, the relations started to get more and more in-depth. Also, the countries in 1997 uh, signed a strategic cooperation between the two. There have been many cultural exchanges through tourism, cooperation, and not only. Uh, for example, France right now is the most popular destination for Chinese students in the whole European continent. And talking about movies, China is the second largest market for French movies. So there are a lot of uh, relations, there have been a lot of achievements and that are strengthening. And this is really the year of France and China. And also besides what Georgia has mentioned about the diplomatic ties and also its development and how friendship between China and France developed in the past few decades, I'm really impressed by how bilateral cooperation in the field of finance and trade between China and France over the past 60 years. I mean, the annual bilateral trade volume has increased more than 800 times and surging from only about 100 million US dollars in 1964 to over 81 billion US dollars in 2022. That's according to official data from the foreign ministry. And currently, actually, France is China's third largest trading partner and also third largest source of actual investment in the European Union. And China is France's top trading partner in Asia and seventh largest in the world. And I see some expectation from experts saying that bilateral trade expected to exceed 100 billion US dollars in a couple of years. So you can see how uh, big the scale of business and uh, trade and finance cooperation between two countries. And also in terms of the number of enterprises, I think now France has over 2,000 companies and a total of workforce of over 300 thousand people here in China. And uh, I think those French companies, they're also actively engaging with 
uh, say innovation, research, and development field here in China, and they have also established a lot of their own research and development centers here in the country. And also, um, some sectors in business areas stand out uh, include like aviation, nuclear power, and also high-end manufacturing, uh, services industry, and also digitalization or digital economy. I mean, this one is booming here in China, and I think collaboration between China and France in these areas are also expected to boom in the future. Mm, I think uh, when it comes to the relation between two countries, of course, we would want the cooperation to be win-win. And in order for that to happen, actually, both countries should have certain goals uh, in common, certain interests in common. We want the same thing. We want, for example, new energy to be developed or technologies related to it to be developed by both countries that would benefit peoples in both countries. We would want, for example, environmental sustainability when it comes to um, industry and when it comes to upgrading industries in both countries. And there are actually many cooperation in both countries in regard to these areas we mentioned. Exactly. Uh, both countries have shown a very strong interest in the efforts of participating in environmental sustainability. To give some examples, uh, there is uh, some active collaborations uh, going on. The, for example, the china France Green Finance Task Force. That is a joint initiative in order to explore and promote green finance solutions for climate action and also sustainable development. Also, china France Pilot Zone for Economical and Trade Cooperation and it's a platform in order to enhance bilateral cooperation uh, in the fields such as clear energy, circular economy, smart city and um, green transportation. So we can see that the two countries are actually um, very closely collaborating in the fields of uh, environmental sustainability. For a relationship between two countries that has expanded through time and continent, of course, these economic factors, these development factors are quite so very important. It's the driving force. It's something that pull us together. But at the same time, my feeling is that when it comes to people-to-people exchange, when it comes to cultures, um, literary traditions, and culinary traditions, both countries also have a lot in common, and those are... To be quite frankly, in my opinion, the fun part. For example, Georgia, for you, you're really interested in Chinese culture. And I wonder how come? What is your, you know, first touching the Chinese culture story? Well, it was actually through food. I was in high school and I was uh, pretty young. I was 18 and I had to choose a university cursum and how where to specialize. And I had this really close Chinese friend that invited me to his house. Uh, we had lunch and that's when I tried Jiaozi for the first time. I heard him talking to his mother and, <laughs> and his friends in Chinese. And something sparked inside of me. And I actually enrolled in a Chinese class in the University of Venice in Italy, and it was in Chinese language, but not only. That's where I had the chance to study uh, history, literature, and not only. And then uh, continuing in my master's, I've studied the China more as an international actor, but having the chance to study the very rich tradition, the history is something that I'm very grateful for. And my interest actually sparked with food. So in, it's, it's a very important way of talking and showing uh, one's culture. 
So, in your opinion, what are some examples of food? Because you mentioned food being the muse of your learning Chinese process or journey. So we know that both countries have really long and rich food culture on its own. But at the same time, there must be some similarity when it comes to the culinary culture of both countries. Do you have any examples of, for example, the similarities or drastic differences between the culinary cultures of both countries? Yeah, of course. I think that, as you mentioned, both countries have this very internationally and well-known cuisine, which they can seem extremely different, but there are a lot of similarities. For example, both countries really focus on having fresh ingredients and very seasonal ingredients and having this regional diversity. So very strong regional characteristics that can vary from one region to another and having this artisanal technique, handmade and also passed down from generations, these very long recipes that have been passed down from grandmothers to grandmothers. And we can like see how pastry it is for uh, friends. But there are very a lot of difference in the, in the flavors. Uh, French cuisine is known for being very saucy with a lot of cheese that is very different from uh, opposes to the steamed, the braised uh, cuisine. I can see dumplings being present in both uh, countries, so in a very different form, but at the same time having this something with a lot of fillings that is cooked and the use of duck uh, that is not as much used uh, in other European countries, but is a speciality uh, in France and uh, of course in China, the famous Peking, uh, Peking duck that is delicious. Actually, when I was in Paris, I visited Paris once and I tried the famous and a little bit infamous liver. I mean, it's really tasty. That's the famous part. But I have to say it's not that healthy for today's taste. But I, I get what you're saying here. I mean, I get to the similarities and I get to the differences. And the fun part about exchange of different cultures is that you get to compare a little bit and you get to see the influence both cultures have on each other. For example, we do have a lot of uh, French chefs that are very famous and very popular here in China, actually in Beijing, and they would try to introduce the French culture, the French cuisine culture in uh, into the Chinese society, and they are doing quite a good job. But I have to say, there is a little bit of localization, a little bit of adapting the traditional French cuisine into the modern Chinese taste at least for the ones that I have tried. So I was wondering, Li Yi, if you have the chance to introduce one type of dish to Georgia here, because she has actually never been to China, for those of you who no. don't know this, <laughs> and uh, she doesn't know whether or not the Chinese dish she has tried are actually localized and a little bit customized to the French taste. So if you'd like to introduce one typical Chinese dish to her and to all of the French friends out there that haven't had the experience of visiting China, which one would you pick? I would definitely go for hot pot because hot pot, she already really? <laughs> tried dumpling. I mean, dumpling is definitely a typical dish here in China and that is so distinctive. And uh, I think hot pot, it's another distinctive 
dish, and、um, you have different like I mean types of hot pot across China. You have Beijing style hot pot where you simply have some a、uh, fresh lamb steamed in the water, and then you have like Chongqing hot pot which which is really spicy. Very spicy. Yes, and then you also have like Cantonese hot pot. So there are like different kinds of hot pot for you to choose from, and there's definitely one for you. And also, I think for those people who are not really so into Like the very local cuisine, I think hot pot is also a good choice because you can always pick your own ingredient. I mean, your food,、uh, meat or vegetable or, or or staple food, and then you can simply just put them in the water and wait them to be boiled and have some your favorite sauce, either sesame sauce or other kind of sauce to go with those. Uh, vegetable or meat, and that would be a like perfect and delicious dish. So that would definitely recommend hot pot for Georgia and、uh, to try it. Yeah. Oh, in the meantime, we do see a lot of very creative and innovative broth nowadays.、Um, not. On top of the traditional types of hot pot taste, for example, the stinky tofu taste broth. I mean, you can be impressed by the traditional ones and be surprised by the modern ones. Make your pick. And so, Georgia, if you are to provide a recommendation of a traditional or modern French cuisine to us, which one would you pick? Well, to draw a parallel,、uh, hot pot is my dream. So you really get me、uh, when I'm <laughs> when I'm trying when I was trying to learn Chinese as much as possible. I would watch a lot of dramas, and there's this moment when everyone is around the table having this very convivial moment with hot pot, getting getting hotter, warmer, and it's it's my dream. I would love to try once. And to draw a parallel, I would recommend fondue. Which is、uh, this melted cheese、uh, that goes in,、uh, and it's it's basically、um, I would not say the same thing, but it's very convivial when there's a shared bowl where everyone takes、uh, cheese and put it on potatoes, for example, and、uh, as they prefer. But it's so it's so good. It's so it warms you in the winter time, and it fills you, and it's、uh, very convivial because everyone is sitting around the same table, picking from the same bowl、uh, at the center, sharing stories. So I would say that hot pot and fondue, some in, in in a way, are very similar.、Hmm. Well, I can think of really healthy hot pot. Healthy, relatively, but I cannot really imagine a healthy fondue. I mean, so much <laughs> cheese and calories, and, but it yeah, can be very、don't. tasty, definitely. So it's very tasty. Yes. So food would、uh, make us feel happy and give us the nutrition we need for our body. And in the meantime, of course, we would like to talk about literature that can provide the nutrition we need mentally. And since both countries have a really long history, I cannot really say from the French side, but from the Chinese side. Even though we're doing a English-speaking show, and I have to say,、um, English. Literary culture has really a deep impact on Chinese people, on especially our generation of Chinese people. But actually, I feel like French culture, French pop culture, and French、uh, literary work, novels and stuff, and movie and music also has a really impactful. Impression on at least our generation、mm. of young people. Yeah, actually, I'm like a huge fan of French movies, and my favorite one would be Midnight in Paris. Although、uh, it's not really、course. a French production, but it's like produced and made in、uh, Paris. So that's why、um, I actually 
because of that movie, I actually chose、uh, French as my second foreign language during college. Oh, say something. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Like bonjour. Uh. Oui. <laughs> Ça va. Um. Je m'appelle. Jumabella Lee and oh, just、uh, let me go. Okay, <laughs> I can only remember this、um, according to my poor memory. But I really enjoyed the whole process of learning French. Georgia previously mentioned about how Chinese was considered as the one of the most difficult language in the world. Actually, when I was learning French in college, it really、uh, bothers me so much about the part of numbers. I mean,、ah. French numbers—they are so difficult to remember and to you know to have. Like a complete and accurate、um, comprehension about Because it. Because you have to do a lot of math. Yes, calculation.、Yeah. A lot of like a, a lot of calculation is involved. But yeah, I still. Enjoy the whole process because when you are learning this language, when you are watching French movie, when you are reading a French novel, you feel like you are、um, immersed in that kind of vibe, like free and、uh, enjoy yourself, indulge yourself in that kind of vibe. And also some other famous、um, movie from France or either、uh, about France would be like Leon the, the Professional,、mm. and I think super popular here in China, and also Emily. Like、oh yeah, a, a, I love a classic that. Movie, right?、Yeah. Uh, in Friends, yeah, and also I know recently there's a super popular TV drama called Emily in Paris,、uh, so popular worldwide and also in China, and I know、um, it has also. Stirred some like online debate. Actually,、uh, I'm not really sure. I can really just check it with Georgia because this drama is definitely about like an American girl who is super passionate and like somehow workaholic and coming to Paris and work and live here in Paris. And yet she basically found all her colleagues they are basically focusing on enjoying their own life and they are not really so into working.、Um, however. I guess that drama also starts some debate because some people are, are arguing that French people are not really that lazy. We also work. <laughs> we also love work. So, how do you feel about those conception? Well, I think it has stirred, as you said, a lot of debate online because it actually depicts France from the eyes of、uh, an American girl and a foreigner, and I can see how.、Uh, Parisian, especially, can be perceived as very rude for someone that has never lived there, and I, I didn't get offended personally because some things are actually true. Because、uh, France, and especially the south of France, where we are, where people people don't live to work, but they actually work to live. So there's there's this thing about enjoying life, working as little as possible, and then enjoy the beach and enjoy the summer. And I'm not something. It's not something that I'm afraid to say. It's it's something、um, very core in in the culture. So actually enjoy life, take it easy,、uh, have a little apéro after after have worked. And I think that it has sparked a lot of debates because it doesn't show a very good. Image of French people and also of French workers, which is not completely true. But there is this feeling, and we should not be ashamed of living life and、uh, working in order to live. That is a really good point. Actually, my feeling is that different age group, people from different societies and different nations, would have this little subculture or trend for a certain period of time. For example, for I think several years here in China, people are talking about being very competitive, devoted to work so much to the extent that you feel like you live to work, and that is deemed unhealthy, and that is also undergoing certain kind. Of 
debate, and people are talking about that's not the kind of life we want. And I think that kind of mentality is also very popular worldwide, which is why Emily in Paris is quite、uh, popular and.、Um, Sparked heated discussion across the world, and the fact that today on the show we get to talk to each other about this and get each other's opinion is a way of people-to-people exchange. Is a way of communication. And for those who are really interested in knowing the French culture, I was wondering because when I was growing up, I. Had the luxury of attending certain cultural activities featuring cultures from,、uh, for example,、uh, the UK, the United States, and French and other、uh, European countries a little bit to have a taste of what it's like. But we didn't really had the chance to be so exposed to so much information from the internet. Internet、mm-hmm. is now becoming a major tool for people to get their information and to prepare themselves. Before actually visiting a different country or a different continent, so I was wondering, Georgia, if you are to introduce a, for example, a French movie or song or maybe a French、um, KOL on the internet to follow, who would you choose for those who are interested in French culture? Well, I would choose first some movies. I would start with La Haine, with、uh, which is a movie that it's very slow paced, as many old、uh, French movies. So、uh, before watching, you really have to put yourself in this space where there's no rush, anything would happen. It's not very dynamic as the movies we're used to, but at the same time, it shows really important, like、uh, for example, social problems that other movies don't depict, because of course there are some social、uh, problems, some challenges、uh, that that have been going on for a long time, but also some classical one, The Untouchable, for example. Uh, Amour. I would also recommend,、uh, of course, Emily in Paris.、Uh, watch it; it's very nice. You get this really. It, it makes you want to. And then the second step would be、uh, go to your local bakery, get a baguette,、uh, pain au chocolat. Immerse yourself in this lifestyle. Try to follow some podcasts and shows. There are a lot of, for example, inner French,、uh, pépites d'histoire,、uh, in order to learn also some history, which is very important. And coffee break in French. There are many, many ways to get to know、uh, French culture. Also, watch some、mm, little movies and magazines. For example, the classical ones. For example, Elle, Vogue,、um, and really immerse yourself in this French culture that is very classy and uh, very uh, focused also on the beauty. Thank you very much. It sounds really interesting, and I would definitely check out the podcasts and movies and TV series you mentioned. In the meantime, hopefully,、um, if you have the access to Chinese TikTok, Douyin, you get to see that a lot of, again, thanks to the. Development of internet, a lot of people who who were not, for example, actors and actresses, would be、mm. able to create their own tiny little videos,、mm. tiny little dramas based on their observation of the Chinese society. And personally, I think it's a great way to know the Chinese pop culture or the current Chinese society because I personally follow several bloggers and、mm. several,、um, let's say, very creative creators on Douyin, and they would create, for example, little series. Of short videos about their own industry, about, for example, 
what it's like to be a nurse in China, what it's like to be someone who's majoring in arts and are taking the very important tests so that they can enter universities or college with an art specialty, and what it's like to be a dancer or a dancing teacher here in China. And I feel like I am learning so much through these little fun videos. So if you guys have a really good understanding about the Chinese language and would be able to understand them, maybe this can now be a really good starting point for you to get to know Chinese culture and Chinese society as well. In the meantime, we talk about the fact that both countries have significant impact on each other. So I was wondering for you, Georgia, what is the most significant impact of Chinese culture on France, in your opinion? I think there are a lot. For example, art in Nice, where I live, a very important museum of uh, Oriental art and, and Chinese art has a very big uh, part and is extremely uh, important. There are also some traditional uh, practices in the Chinese culture, for example, acupuncture, that are becoming more and more popular and more people in France are um, trusting them in order to heal. It's getting more and more popular, and for example, such as other uh, practices such as Tai Chi, that are being practiced by um, French people because they are getting to know the good effects it has on their mental and physical well-being. Uh, for example, there are also some uh, classes uh, in order to learn Mandarin that are becoming more important uh, via uh, Confucius Institutes, but not only, also universities. Uh, some festivities, uh, for example, uh, the Chinese New Year, which we're celebrating soon, doesn't exist in, in France. There are starting to be more panels in shops, that are, have the dragon figured, and there will be festivities uh, about it. So I think this is a very important um, impact on Chinese culture, on friends, uh, but also on fashion trends. France is very known for its designs and the fashion industry, that it's getting influenced by uh, Chinese motifs and realizations. So I think there are a lot of uh, impacts on Chinese culture in France. And what is interesting is that it changes a lot between fashion to food to music and taking all in and getting inspired by this really rich culture is extremely interesting. I think actually, um, Georgia mentioned about fashion. I think French fashion also has a huge impact on the local fashion industry here in China. I mean, not only for the dressing. I mean, of course, French dressing is super popular on social media platforms like Little Red Book. There are a lot of like vloggers uh, who are recommending how to, you know, be a real French dressing style, offering their advices. But then, I mean, beyond dressing, there is some other thing like uh, manicure. Do you know how popular French manicure is? <laughs> I mean, yeah. for almost, I would say for the majority of brides here in China, uh, when you're either have your own wedding ceremony or you're going to take your wedding photos, a lot of them will just choose French style manicure because it's simple and it's chic and it's cool. And also uh, French hairstyle is also super popular here in China. So I guess, yes, it's, it's somehow like being impacted by each other. And then people got to learn something from the other side. And we also, you know, maybe have some localized uh, things to make them suit ourselves better. So that's a really interesting process, I would say. Mm, I have to say that actually, there are so much more that we can touch upon. But due to limited time, we have to end just here. But I think it's 
perfectly clear for us that even though the world is a complicated place nowadays, a lot of people are talking about going back and contribute only to your own country because your country and other countries are in a competition kind of position. We're rival, but at the end of the day, we are friends. We are not enemies, and we help each other to be better version. And by communicating with each other, we are inspired, and we are getting. More from the cooperation rather than competition, and I guess that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Hope today's show can remind us that understanding different cultures is a pathway to a more connected and harmonious world. A heartfelt thank you to Li Yi and Georgia Masset for sharing your insights into the vibrant relationship between China and France. When cultures come together, they don't just exchange artifacts and ideas. The exchange inspires us to embrace diversity, seek understanding, and celebrate the unique beauty that every culture brings to the world stage. So, until next time, keep seeking knowledge and building bridges of understanding. I'm Niu Hongwen. Bye for now.